Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. You guys can have a seat. I'm overwhelmed that I get to preach an Easter message that every Easter for the last several years as God has given me the opportunity to be the lead pastor of this church, I get to stand on the platform and proclaim the greatest thing that any human ear could ever hear. But it also really overwhelms me because the number one, just the weight of it is so enormous. But then you, as a preacher and as a creative person, you feel this pressure. God, how do I say the same thing again? And I feel like the Lord tell me this week, stop praying for pretty words and just tell them what happened. Stop worrying about being eloquent and just let my anointing fall on the reality that I am alive. Because that's enough. But this... This is not just a story. This is not some fairy tale out of a book. This just isn't some really impressive, fictitious thing about some character in history. Everything in us believes that what we lean into today is real. And because it's real, it changes everything. That It's the events of this day that have led us here. It's the reality of what happened on Easter that has propelled the church forward. And the church will continue to ride the wave of this story until the end of time. Because it was this event that propelled the first to follow Jesus out of hiding. Jesus had spent three years on this planet, walking around, living life, teaching people, doing amazing miracles, healing folks, having conversations with people in society that other people would avoid. And all along the way, those who followed him first, he told them, I've got to die in multiple ways at multiple times. He made it really clear that death was going to be a part of his mission that he was born to die. But as they took Jesus to that cross, the most vicious and painful form of capital punishment that humanity could ever create. From the moment things begin to go sideways on that Thursday evening as they exited the upper room and went into the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus was arrested, all those who had believed in him so much were now scattered and hiding in secret. And as his body suffered on that cross and eventually he gave up his life and they took and they put his lifeless body in the tomb, those who were first to follow didn't know what to do with that. The last 24 hours or so leading up to this morning was full of pain and confusion. 
people beginning to doubt, have what we've given our lives to over the last three years all just been for nothing? Was Jesus really who he said he was and we thought him to be? Is it over? And then dawn breaks on Easter morning and two ladies go there to the tomb expecting to find a lifeless body to ceremonially get it ready for its eternal resting place. And when they get there, the stone is rolled away and Jesus is nowhere to be found. And an angel appears and says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is risen. Just as he said that Jesus had called his shot. And you would think that morning, knowing all they knew, they'd have been, they would have been there waiting to celebrate the risen Lord, but they weren't. And even at the discovery of the empty tomb, there's no celebration, just further confusion. Even as day gave way to night, they're still locked away in a room trying to figure out all that has happened. Perhaps some even thinking that, did somebody go and take Jesus' body? Like, this isn't cool, but that would have been impossible. Given the weight of that stone and the fact that it was guarded by basically the Navy SEALs of their day, the Roman centurions, the fiercest fighting men on the planet who had served Rome and helped Rome grow into an empire that no one could stop. And you think a couple fishermen and their friends could overtake such soldiers? No. If his body wasn't there, there was a reason for it. And it wasn't until Jesus stepped in the room that everything began to change. That he wasn't in the tomb. He was now in the room in flesh and blood, bone and skin, right in front of them and said, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Here, look at my body. You can touch me. You can feel me. Thomas, I know that you're doubting this, but see, look, here it is. I'm alive. And it would be that event that would make these handful of ragtag people go from fearful to fierce. And they would be given the mission. Jesus would, before he would ascend back to heaven, he would take them on a hillside and say, I'm alive, I'm back. But I got another thing I need to do. So I'm gonna go away for a little while. And in the meantime, you go tell people about what has just happened. You will be my voice. You will be the ones that are now tasked with the assignment of all of history now to go to people and not tell them how evil they are. Not tell them all the things that sometimes we get caught. No, go tell them Jesus was crucified and he rose again just like he said, surely he is the son of God. And this thing called the church would be born and the Holy Spirit would come and now for centuries we've gathered as followers of Jesus on what we know as Easter to celebrate him. And what went from this just tiny little movement that they sure wouldn't last. And even persecution would break out. And, and if you acknowledge that you knew Jesus, there was a time in history 
and it still exists now in some places. That if you claim Jesus, it could cost you your life. And you know what? They didn't care. <laughs> they had seen too much to be silent. It was the reality of this day that gave them the courage to step into new communities and new places and spaces and engage with people and say, I need to tell you something. There was a man named Jesus. He was God's one and only son. We saw him. We walked with him. We sat at his feet as he taught. We watched him do miracles. We watched him call a man named Lazarus who was smelly come out of the grave. And all throughout this time, he told us that he had to die, and he did. And when he did, we didn't know what to think about it until Sunday. When a couple of the ladies that are part of our body went to his tomb and couldn't find his. And we didn't know what to do with that until that night we were in this room, and the doors were locked, and Jesus walked in. And it changed everything. And this movement begins to just explode. And people from all walks of life began to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he had rose from the grave. And people began to put their faith and trust in him. And this movement begins to grow so much that there's some people get uncomfortable with it. Because when the church really becomes a church, there's some that celebrate, there's some that get uncomfortable. And then there's this moment when this guy who was convinced that this church needed to be stopped, that this movement of Jesus needed to be stopped, and he made it his mission to go around and execute people who claimed Jesus. His name was Saul. And then one day, Saul's walking down this road to make sure that he continues his mission of stomping out Jesus' movement. And Jesus shows up. And you can't see Jesus and it not change you. You can't see them put him in a tomb and then see him stand in the room and it not change you. Those disciples saw him, saw him in a room. Paul met him on a road. And it forever changed his life. And from that point on, he made it his mission to tell other people about Jesus and he planted these churches and in the New Testament so many of what, so much of what we have are these letters that Paul wrote to these churches like in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he says let me remind you dear brothers and sisters of the good news I preached to you before you welcomed it then and you stand firm in it now it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important, what also had been passed on to me. First, Christ died for our sins, just as Scripture said, that the cross may have taken his life, but it was our sin that caused his death. It was our sin that made it necessary, that the Father wanted a relationship with all of his children, but there was something called sin that stood in the way of that, and the debt had to be paid. Blood had to be shed. And so the, the innocent was found guilty. Perfection embraced punishment for you. For you. Not for just the people around you. Not for your grandparents. Not for your dad. For you. He took your sin on 
his body and paid the debt that you owed so that you could have life. Verse four, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He didn't just die. That was necessary. But he also defeated death. Death was ushered in because of the sin that had entered in. That death was the ultimate punishment. Death was not a part of God's original plan for his creation. But when sin entered in the garden, it broke everything, including what he meant for all of us in this life. And so the very thing that resulted from the sin, not only did he pay for it, he defeated the consequence. And see, we know this, verse 5, because he was seen by Peter. And then by the 12, that there were men that he had invested in, that after he walked out of the grave, they saw him. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive, though some have died. He didn't just show up to those 12, because I know you might think that those 12 had maybe like a vested interest, or maybe they had a good reason to lie, but no, he didn't just show up in their presence. He showed up before a multitude of people, equaling 500, and guess what? Some of those people that saw Jesus in the flesh, they're still alive. You can, you can go talk to them. Yes, some have passed. But if you want to check my story, go talk to them. They saw Jesus in the flesh. Then he was seen by James, his baby brother. His brother who his whole life had been told how special Jesus was. But it always questioned. Is the way mom and dad told me that Jesus came, is it really true? Did an angel really visit mom and tell her that something was conceived in her and that something was the son of God conceived by the Holy Spirit? That James had lived most of his life in a, with a measure of doubt of how he came into the world, but then he couldn't question it when he walked out of the grave. Last of all, verse eight, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. I also saw him. That what gave the church the courage and energy to step into the world and proclaim the gospel was not because of something they had been told, but because of someone they had seen. It was not from something that they had been told, but from someone they had seen. They didn't believe just because they heard about it. They believed because they saw him. And then I know there's some people in the room like, yeah, I'd believe it too. If I could see him, all my doubts would go away. If I could see him, I would believe as well. And my prayer is today that you see him because he can still be seen. You may not see him exactly the way they did in that upper room or the way Paul did on that road. You might not meet him in that room or that road, but you can see him right now. He is all around you all the time. You can find him if you'll just look. I've seen him in the eyes of my kids. I've seen him in that full moon that shined bright last Monday after we walked out of here and talked about the power of it. You can see him. 
And that's our prayer today, is that throughout this time we have together, that you will see him. That you will fix your gaze on who he is, because he is in this place. His spirit is surrounding you right now in this moment. He is with you and for you, and everything that he wants you to know is written in his word. He is not hiding. He is not evading. He is right here waiting to step into your life. And you can't see him and not surrender to him. If you will see him, the only thing, the only way you can respond is to surrender to him and serve him. And the reason why I so desperately want you to see him today and surrender to him right now is because what is unlocked in your life when you do is too valuable for you to miss. Because what the resurrection means for us is far more than we realize. Go back into 1 Corinthians and drop down to verse 12. But tell me this, Paul writes, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. And in that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead and he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died so you see just as death came into the world through a man now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man just as everyone dies because all belong to Adam everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life we're here today to celebrate his resurrection but I want to remind you that you'll have one too that you'll have one too that he was just the first that would have victory over death because he wants to give you the same victory over it and that changes everything. This is a year where it seems like we've been more surrounded by death than any other in my lifetime. I would, I would submit that there's probably not a person in this room that hasn't had to walk through that grief on some level this year where somebody that you love is no longer here. But I just remind you that in Jesus, even in death, not just for him, but for you and everybody who chooses him, it's not over either. It's not over either. It's not over either. It's not over either. He says, if, we, if all we have is hope for this life, no, he said, Christ died, he, he is risen. And now we get to as well. That death is literally just a doorway into eternity with him. 
and we grieve. But even in our grief, there's a measure of peace and joy we have knowing that in him, because he defeated death, he didn't defeat it just for him. He defeated it so that we could defeat it too. When they laid him in his tomb, it wasn't over. And when they put you in your grave, it will not be the end if you know Jesus. So see him. You bow your head, close your eyes. Find him. He is all over you right now, calling you to surrender. Asking you to just trust him. Asking you to believe that when he was on that cross, he paid the debt for your sin. And when he rose from the grave, he did it to give you hope and a future. And if you've never put your faith and trust in him, it's not complicated. Scripture says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. If you say right now, God, I believe that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for me. I believe that he conquered death. I believe that you are the savior of the world, the Messiah, and I trust you. In that moment, he has saved you, and all the promises of his glory have been unleashed in your life. And now you serve him for all the days that you have left. Father, I pray that there are people within the sound of my voice right now putting their hope and trust in you, allowing you to move into their life. God, seeing this as more than just a holiday, but a holy day that changes everything to bring people into relationship with you right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sit back down just real quick because I can't let you leave because there's more to the story. I don't know if you know this, but there's more to the story. That the resurrection might be the climax of Christianity, but it is not the finale. Because see, before Jesus left and throughout his ministry, there was something else that he also told his followers. Yeah, he frequently said, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna come back to life. But he also said, when I go home, I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to prepare a place so that you can be with me for all eternity. That when he gave us that assignment and he ascended into heaven from that day to this one, he's getting it ready. That the, the work of Jesus is still incomplete. Now it's complete in what you need for salvation. He has done everything necessary and needed to make you right with God and live in relationship with Him. But He's still at work preparing an eternal home for all of us who choose to follow Him. 1 Corinthians 15. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown and when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our immortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. 
then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul would also write in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive will remain on the earth. We will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You might say we're going to soar. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. The Paul says the, the full gospel has to include this part. That that Jesus who defeated death and rose from the grave, he has ascended to heaven. And right now, he's pouring all his energy into preparing that eternal home for all of us who know and love him. And it is there that we will spend eternity. Yes, he walked out of the grave. Yes, he walked out of the grave, but one day he will burst from the clouds. He rose and he will return. And this Jesus is gonna be different. This is horseback riding, tattoo on his leg, Jesus coming to give everything back. It says it, King of Kings is written on his thigh. And in that moment, all the pain will stop. Every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more sting. There will be no more striving. There will be no more anxiety. There'll be no more depression or addiction. It will all fade away and he will restore his people completely and wholly and the enemy will be defeated once and for all. So we walk around in this world from now until then with hope in our hearts. We don't let Easter be a single day where we ride on a spiritual high for a few hours. We carry this around in our spirits everywhere we go, knowing our debt has been paid, that there is more to this life than this life, that on the other side of our grave, there is victory for us. And all that is ushered in when you see him surrender to him and serve him one of those disciples his name is John he would see Jesus again later in a vision Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 says when I saw him I fell at his feet as though dead then he placed his right hand on me and he said do not be afraid I am the first 
and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys to death and Hades. I am alive and so are you. So see him today. Fix your gaze on that hill where your debt was paid. But live your life looking through the lens of eternity, knowing that, yeah, he walked out of the grave and someday he will break through the clouds. That just as he was true to his promise then, he'll be true to his promise then. So God, today we celebrate not just the fact that you've risen from the dead, but the reality that one day you will return and you will make all things new. That all the brokenness that we see will be mended and made whole. Every pain and struggle and fear that we have will fade away. All the tears will be wiped away and we will live with you forevermore. And God, from now until when that day comes, hold us close. And God, whatever we need to do right now to lock in on that moment, to keep our perspective as clear as it is right now, God, as we worship you one more time, help us just to lock in for more than a day, more than a moment, more than just one experience or worship gathering. But God, the realities that we are celebrating today are just as true when we walk out of this building. They'll be just as true when we wake up tomorrow. They'll be just as true when the next storm comes our way. But we walk forward in hope, knowing that you are who you said you are, and you will do what you said you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.